if you were to ask me in September, Stewie, why'd you buy $140 worth of GameStop? I would have honestly just said it straight up, it's because Michael Burry bought into it. Michael Burry, if you didn't know, he's the guy that the big short was based off of. He thought the economy was going to crash. He thought a lot of people were over leveraged on their mortgages. He thought a lot of companies had some terrible assets. And he invested accordingly and made a ton of money as the economy was spiraling downwards. He saw GameStop as a great investment. Why was that? Not necessarily because it was the best company in the world. It was just undervalued. And short sellers were trying to short it into oblivion. As a lot of us normal people have seen, 2020 was a great year for GameStop. I mean, of course it was. We had the PS5, the Xbox coming out. So when a lot of consumers go into GameStop to purchase their next generation consoles, they can see that GameStop is now offering other things like literally Funko Pops, um, shirts around their favorite games, uh, toys, a lot of toys now, a lot of even Halloween costume wear. It's, it's just like a complete gaming world now. No longer just console-based, it's everything-based. And although the recession happened, the e-commerce boom started happening, and GameStop increased its sales by 300%. But again, in September, if you asked me why I bought GameStop, I would have never in a million years said, because I see it going up 7,000% in the next five months. Never. Never, ever, ever would I see that happening. And as my stock was growing from $100 to $1,000 to $2,000 to $3,000, right? And I was really paying attention to what was happening. I, as I guess Wall Street Bets, Wall Street Bets calls it, executed what is known as diamond hands and hold because I saw it had a future value. I saw that a couple of things were going to get played out. Some short sellers were actually going to get squeezed in the marketplace, and I held. But I'm letting you guys know, the flight crew, that I'm actually going to sell 90% of my position on Monday. And in general, I didn't necessarily want to bring up GameStop because with such a speculative asset, I know I'm the Uneducated Investor podcast, but if I say something crazy then, you know, it could cost someone to go out and buy it. But I'm comfortable letting people know when I'm exiting my position. Um, and I'm going to let you guys know why. Hi, this is the Fly Stewie. This is the Uneducated Investor Podcast, a podcast where we connect investing to pop culture. Feel free to download the last five episodes because your downloads really help the podcast grow. So if you like the podcast, make sure to just put it on automatic download and let's get better at investing together. So there's three big reasons why I'm actually selling GameStop on Monday. And it's not just because it's overvalued and all the analysts, their hypothesis around the company is no, nothing over than $20 a share. As you guys know, it's around $300 a share as of recording today. But of course, that could change. So the first reason I'm selling GameStop shares and I'm selling 90% of the shares is because of rising short interest. You see, typically GameStop's short interest, and that just basically means 
the percentage of people who are shorting the company versus all the shares that are actually available. So GameStop short interest was around 140, 120% relatively, right? So when GameStop was going from $5 to $10 to $30 to $90, the people who first were shorting at around when the stock was like $20, they're under the water. The people who saw the price go up to $70 and started shorting, well, of course, the price is at $300 now. So yes, they too are underwater. However, it's just come out that there's more short interest and the short interest in GameStop is can actually start approaching to around 200 300%. And what that actually means is other hedge funds who didn't necessarily, who thought GameStop was maybe overvalued at $100, but saw that it could go up to $300, um, they didn't like that risk reward ratio, but now with GameStop at $300 right now, um, they really like that ratio. And because GameStop hit around $500 before, there is definitely a lot, and I'm talking about a lot of people who are licking their lips and think that $500 is a great place to short. Matter of fact, a lot of people have shorted around $400, $500, and there's a lot of in-the-money shorts right now. What does that mean? People have taken some massive positions against GameStop, and right now they're in the money. So they're in a position where they can continue to add on their short position, and we're not going to see those crazy price rises to around $1,000, $2,000. Some people are saying $5,000. We're just not going to see that anymore. Number two, stock liquidity plus hedge funds. So here's a concept, right? The shares outstanding. The shares outstanding just represent the amount of shares that a company puts out to the public for them to buy, right? However, just because you put out shares to buy, doesn't mean that you as a company don't own your own shares. And some companies, some big companies, actually have way more shares themselves than they put out to the public or do they put out shares outstanding. The reason I bring this up is because there are companies where, you know, you think about a company like, hmm, like think about Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway. Each shares 300 thousand dollars for his Berkshire Hathaway A shares. BRK.A is the ticker, I believe. $300,000. I mean, would it kill you to do a stock split, right? So with a share like that, because the share price is so high, it's not necessarily properly priced. If they wanted to make, you know, a more liquid, more um, liquid trading, that would make a more proper price and start splitting out those A shares a little bit. Of course, they did add some liquidity by creating the BRK.B series of shares that you know you can buy and not get voting rights, but you can still buy. Um, and that's helped added some liquidity, of course, to the share. But realistically, not splitting your shares doesn't necessarily give you the best accurate um, price, discover price discovery for your stock. When it comes to a stock like GameStop, right now, 
they're in a place where the stock is very illiquid. There's not a lot of shares um, free relative to the total shares outstanding. Like I think there's 70 million shares outstanding. Maybe there's under 30 or 20 million shares that can actually be traded. Like I should put up the daily trading volume right now. I think the daily trading volume is like around 150 million last time I checked. But realistically, there's not that many trade uh, actual shares that are being traded between hands. And what that means is because there's not that much shares actually available, a lot like a little bit of money can actually move the stock price drastically. And we have been seeing that like in one day, we saw the stock price go from like open from like $300 to up to $500. And we saw the next day go from $500 to $150, then to finish at $300. I mean, we know that's not how a stock price works. That's not how it works. And what's happening right now is hedge funds and big institutions are on both sides of the trade right now. I mean, that's pretty much every stock, of course, obviously, like it's never there's never been a stock where retail traders have really been able to push the needle. But right now, there's a game being played where we got hedge funds on the buy side and some on the sell side. And as there's more hedge funds on the sell side who have in the money shorts on the stock, we're going to see the hedge funds on the buy side start to slowly stop backing out their position. And that's why we're seeing these crazy, dramatic drops in how the share price can be basically moved by a lot of these big players. Um, and it's not even taking a lot of them or little court. Um, it's not taking a lot of coordination for them to really do this. And what that means is there's no fundamental, there's no technical actual behavior that's really driving this. And a lot of the people on Wall Street Bets who are quote-unquote marks exercising diamond hands don't necessarily even know that they're not the thing that's keeping up the stock price at all. They're 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 so minuscule, like thirteen billion dollar market cap, which is GameStop's market cap around the time I'm recording this. That's nothing. One hedge fund with a ten billion market cap, right, or ten million billion dollars of assets under management, they can lever up to like five to ten times. Like they can lever up like crazy. Go to the bank, get a bank loan, go to your broker, trade on mortgage. You're levered up like 10 times. A hedge fund with $10 billion assets under management can trade up to $100 billion. Like they can crush this stock, especially if a bunch of them get together. So um, retail traders, maybe it's all in together. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they got $2 billion together max. Let's, let's just put that out there. That's still nothing compared to these hedge funds, even with the margin capabilities and op, uh, call option capabilities that they have through their brokers. Which brings me to the reason number three while I'm selling. I've noticed that this stock has gotten so political. There's so much misinformation and there's such pump and dump mentality around it. I know I gave you three, but all these three things play into each other. GameStop's no longer about the games. It's no longer about the company at all. We have AOC going on Twitch, having 300,000 viewers, and basically talking about the next Occupy Wall Street movement and to cancel student debt and all this stuff that has nothing to do with the stock. 
we have a lot of almost quasi like pump and dump behavior by people on Wall Street bets where a lot of people I am very suspicious of that are saying, well, let's go to 5,000 and they probably have their sell limits around like $500. <laughs> I feel like a lot of that's going on. And then on the other hand, a lot of misinformation is getting posted on Reddit boards and people doing research who are basically saying that all these shorts are underwater, which some of them are, but they're probably not. Melvin Capital hasn't bought out his position, which Bloomberg reported on him getting out of his position. So there's a fairly good chance that he is probably out of his position as Bloomberg hasn't necessarily had a reputation of lying about these things. And in general, just how the retail traders are holding the stock price and how that's going to somehow make it rocket up to 1,000, 10,000. While sure, there is some effect, the capital retail traders have just is not enough. Even if they buy up all the float, it's just not enough. And it's getting to the point where market makers, that's, you know, the people basically behind the brokers that help take the other sides of certain trades, you know, they basically create the market. You send an order out. Um, they're trying to match you. You send a buy order. They're trying to match you with someone who sells in the future or across time. But if they can't find someone till that time, they take the opposite side of the trade. They're the people that help, you know, provide liquidity, give that bit and ask. Maybe I'm getting a little confused, but that's generally how, um, you know, market makers operate. Um, you need market makers to have bid and ask prices or spreads for these companies like GameStop, these liquid um, stocks. You need market makers to have make tight spreads. What that means is a tight spread is when you buy GameStop, right? Let's say you buy it for $50 and you want to immediately sell it after. After you immediately sell it, a tight spread would mean it would be around, you can immediately sell it for maybe like, I don't know, uh, $45. So you buy it for $50 and you sell it for $45. The spread would be five, right? But you don't want a situation where when you were seeing the, the ticker price of GameStop, it's like $300. You go to buy GameStop and you actually buy it for $700. And then when you try to sell it immediately, you sell it for like $300. Like you don't want those situations where those wildly big spreads, because that makes a very inefficient market. And without market makers and someone else taking the other side of your trade, a lot of people with these huge gains, they won't actually be able to exit their position in a very easy way. So market makers help the market be more efficient, help traders get better price execution. They help them get better prices for their trades. And right now, there's no market maker that wants to actually help give liquidity to GameStop because it's such a risk on their end. And we're seeing the ramifications of that. And that, again, is why I'm talking about uh, misinformation because companies like Robinhood are having to get these massive credit lines. They have to get you know massive uh, loans just to help actually give capital for these traders out here, these retail traders who are trying to buy GameStop. When you buy GameStop, it takes two days to clear um, in those two days, 
basically your broker fronts you the money, right? They front you the money that the broker gets from like the market maker, right? With that being said, if the market maker is not actually giving the money to the broker, you can't take that trade. And that's why companies like Robinhood are limiting the amounts because they literally cannot get capital um, to give you to trade. Man, they're... I feel like I butchered so much of that just to try to not turn this supposed to be 10 minute podcast to a 25 minute podcast. But essentially, the broker buys GameStop, the clearinghouse or maybe the market maker. They need like 2% margin from the broker, usually when they buy a stock with GameStop. Now, because of the crazy volatility, the crazy risk, the market maker is now requiring the broker to actually have 100% margin or 100% of the cost of GameStop. Um, they don't have that, which is why they're getting these credit lines. And it's going to take two days for a clear for a lot of retail traders to actually buy GameStop. What does this all mean? This all means that you're going to be limited on the amount of GameStop you're going to be, be able to buy. Retail traders aren't going to be able to buy these crazy out-of-the-money options anymore. They're not going to be able to lever up their margin and buy GameStop on a margin, which takes the buying power of retail traders and halts it like 10 times. Like the whole reason retail traders were really moving the stock price in the beginning was because they were buying these call options, which is the right and obligation to buy like 100 shares of that option in the future at a certain price. Man, I, I did not want to ramble here, but I feel like I, I rambled it off. In short, those are the three reasons why I'm selling. First one is the rising short interest. More people are shorting and there's in the money shorts right now. We're not going to see as many wild spikes to the upside, but we're going to see some crazy ones to the downside and people are going to start panic selling. Two, the stock is a liquid right now and hedge funds basically are playing bully ball. One hedge fund or three hedge funds coordinating can severely drop the price 50% or make it go up by 50%. It's just too much coordination because I don't know exactly what they're doing and I'm not in those conversations with the hedge funds. I'm not trying to get manipulated by whatever price action they want to take. And three, the all of the misinformation and politicization of this stock is causing a lot of people to be misinformed by it. People are buying it because they think they're fighting against Wall Street right now in the Wall Street bets forum. When at the same time, they're buying alongside hedge funds who are profiting from this stock going up and profiting by it going down. You're not fighting against Wall Street. You're trading with Wall Street. So the whole reasons people are buying is completely messed up. Um, and for that, I'm going to take my 7,000% return and the hundred dollars turned to 10 grand and I'm, I'm out. I'll have like one or two game stops in there just to, you know, give power to the people. But clearly this is overvalued. Like in my wildest dreams, I'd have said January. If you just said, arrow, pick a number, Stewie, pick a number. What could the stock price go to? And when it was at $5, when I bought, I would say, Hmm, a wild number would be 90. Why not? 90. Like, I would never imagine that. And the stock price hit like over $400, almost $500. <laughs> like, like, okay. Um, 
if it goes back to 90, even that's crazy wild high. But right now it's at $300. So in that case, we're playing a game of chicken, the hot potato of when uh, is it going to drop? And with the weekend happening and all these options and shorts happening. um, Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm out. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Let me know what you're going to do, Flight Crew. Are you going to go all in on GameStop? Did you sell your parents' house and put it into GameStop? Let me know. I want to know. It's at Flight Studio on Twitter. And we, Flight Crew, have to take off.